Hey, everybody. I'm Andy Weinberg, and welcome to episode 27, 27. of the Jeez. David Wasikinen <laughs> In the Pocket podcast, streaming live on phillyrockradio.com, and of course, available to listen to any time of day on wildfireradio.com. And this week, we are joined by a, a, a guy, you, you might not know his name, but believe me, you're going to fall in love with this guy by the end of the hour, if not, if not within the first couple minutes. He's a author, he's an actor, he's a motivational speaker, he's a writer, he's a producer, he's a songwriter. Most of all, he's one of the most in-demand drummers in the world. Wait till you hear some of the people he's played with. His name is Rich Redman. He's calling us from Los Angeles, and we're going to start the conversation with Rich in just a moment. But before we do that, Dave, we got to uh, welcome a new sponsor this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our friend Eric Metz from yeah. Cro- CroakerPercussion.com. Dave, tell the folks why CroakerPercussion.com or Croker Percussion is such a special, uh, is so special to you. You hear that? Now that is what they call a a brush box. And uh, I went to a drum show last week in uh, the Delaware Drum Show. And, you know, there's all these vintage drums and these great drums there. And uh, Bernard Purdy was there. And... uh, uh, a lot of great drummers hanging out, like, and just hanging out with drummers. And I walked by this one booth, and uh, I saw this wild-looking, it looked like a, a wooden snare drum. And, uh, wh- you know, and I thought, and I, and I went over, and this guy was hitting it like a drum. But, you know, being that I'm a, I love brushes, and I love, you know, the whole technique in playing brushes, and, and uh, uh, that I noticed the surface of it was like, made like a coated head and it felt great to play and um so uh i met eric metz at the delaware drum show and then he brought it down to the studio i was doing a session with phil nicolo and will yip came in uh and we both ended up playing this thing and uh croaker percussion is our sponsor and it's real. I'm really happy to have them, and uh, they make a great product. And if you go to uh, CrokerPercussion.com, uh, you can take a look at the the product they have, and uh, you know, reach out to Eric Metz, who is a terrific guy who builds these things, and uh, you will be blown away. There's some videos of people playing them, and my friend Rich, he would love one of these things because this is killer. I know what these guys are playing these days, and this is really an amazing product. I used it last night with Kenny when when I played with Kenny uh, Queter last week when we were playing. Right, and it's phenomenal. Phenomenal and a great company uh, uh, owned by a, a terrific person and uh, and and what's really cool about it is that it has this thing called bended strings in here that makes it's it's a little different. His design is different than most cats are doing with it with a with a snare. I mean, it literally sounds like a snare drum and and. You know the guy with the cajon and uh, and and one of those pedals and this little guy right here, man. You've got a cool unplugged rig that you can rock out with your friends with, man. Well, so, I'm looking at it right now. It's cool it's looking cool. and it's also obviously very portable. Unlike unreal, un- unlike man. a full drum kit, you could take this thing anywhere. Uh, so check it out. Yeah, CrokerPercussion.com. Exactly. Want to mention our other regular sponsor? They've been with us for a couple months now. Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates in Lansdale. They work with autistic teens, uh, children, and young adults, as well as uh, other behavioral diagnoses. They're doing great work. If this affects your family, please give them a call at 267-663-7141. All right, Rich Redman on the line. Dave, I know you were really excited to have this guy with us. I am. I'm a fan, man. I love, like, everything about this guy. I mean, there's something, you know, I, I was fortunate to meet Rich. Um, I even forget where I met him, but it was maybe maybe it was at, like, a NAM or something like that. But um, I, I already knew who he was from him playing with Jason Aldean. But, you know, I, I think the first time I saw Rich, I, I, I saw a guy playing a DW kit with a mohawk playing, you know, uh, uh, country music and rocking away and his movement and the way he was playing behind the kit uh, really impressed me. And uh, and he ends up being a really cool guy, and he's my buddy. How you doing, Rich? Hey, how are you guys? What are you doing with yourself in Los Angeles? Man, I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big sun chaser, and it's yeah. been very depressing out here in L.A. It's it has? The plants and wow. everything's, yeah, everything's very, very the plants are drunk. 
<laughs> I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So green. Did you just uh, did you just get out there recently? Because you know I was out there a couple of weeks ago, and if I would have known you were there, I would have looked you up. But I was out there for about five days with a few friends of mine, and uh, so. But you're just you're in and out from there in Nashville and doing all the things that you're doing. Correct? Is that when you know I'm assuming yeah, that? Yeah, I worked up for like seven years. I had like a fingerprint here, and then I decided to just pull the trigger and leave a nice big palm print here and, you know, rent a place and have a car and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So I get out here as much as humanly yeah. possible. And I saw that you were out here, but I was in Nashville. Oh, yeah. Working, so I was like, yeah, were you recording? Yeah, I was, you know, uh, it's funny. I was, I did a commercial out there for a company called Liftique. They do, uh, cosmetic surgery, <laughs> cosmetic, non non invasive cosmetic surgery, but it was really fortunate because. I was in the, uh, I want to say the fortunate position of being a co-producer on it, I, just through being at the right place at the right time. And they asked me to, to work on the music, so I brought in some of my guys from Philadelphia. You know, some of the best cats in the world are out in L.A., and I know a, sure. a few of them because I lived there for a while, for a long while. And um, But I brought, um, you know, a few of my guys that play in, in the pocket with me. Kenny Aronson played bass. You know Kenny, right? Kenny played with bass player. Yeah. Kenny played bass. And uh, and I brought out uh, uh, Greg Davis, Charlie Ingui from the Soul Survivors, and uh, Neil Larson, who plays with Elvis Costello now these days. And uh, and uh, um, um, what, what, what am I? Leonard Cohen uh, for a long time. And um, we had a great time. Uh, actually, Neil was out there already, but um, I, I wish we could have hooked up. I wish we could have hung out. You know, it would have been great to see you. I know, man. We'll we'll have to we'll have to make it a point. Yeah. And I, and I remember meeting you through um you through you know Billy Amendola. Oh right. Like real there we go. Yeah, at, at Nam because you know you're one of my childhood heroes, man. Uh, I mean, I, I'll, I'll let the listeners know that I was like I was Hooters freak, man. Uh, you know, when the record came out, I think it was like what was it, eighty three. Oh, actually, that record and, came in 80, um, 85. That was 85. But you probably heard, because we were already, we, you know, we made a record before that was called Amore, which uh, there were some of the songs like All You Zombies and Hanging on a Heartbeat that were on that independent record. But then you, I think you became familiar with the band because you and I had the discussion of us. Um, I, it was it, were you, you lived in El Paso for a while. Weren't you out in, like in Texas or Arizona in that area? Was it? No. I did. Yeah, no, I'm from Connecticut. Yeah, I'm from Connecticut originally, and then in 81, I moved to El Paso, oh. Texas, and I saw you guys at the El Paso Coliseum right. opening for Loverboy. Yes. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. You know, I still remember. You the yellow kit. Yes. Yes, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm playing a yeah. yellow kit these days, too, as well. You know, I mean, I like uh, I'm a big Tony Williams fan and uh, rest in peace. One of the greatest drummers of our time. And so I always um, when I saw him play I, when I was a kid, like we do, you know, it's like I'm going to get a drum set like that. And and dude, I, I love the way you approach playing your drums, man. It's not only a. You know, uh, you are a physical player and you move around that kit like, you know, you're in you're just so in it. Um, tell me about that. What, what, what you know, what, what you know, you're, you're, you're possessed. <laughs> I, you know, it's really funny. is, And I, I, I really appreciate it. It means a lot. You know, like, um, uh, you know, it's so funny. It's like the fact that you and I are having this conversation right now, like I. I like I had a poster of you and Carmine <laughs> and Kenny and oh, all these guys yeah. in, on my on my wall <laughs> in my bedroom, and I would come home every day and practice and fantasize about doing what you guys were doing. Yeah. And, you know, I just tell people if you stay in the game long enough, your your heroes will become your friends. Yeah, it's like you know, I yeah. see Carmine all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, it's crazy. Yeah, man. but no, man. I love it. I love it. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, it, playing the drums was, is, is like a calling in life. You know, we mm. have like, we have like a purpose. Right. So like I jumped in head first yeah. with like a lot of the academic training and like playing yeah. timpani and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then when I get with a rock band or yeah. like somewhere where I, I am just meant to play back to yeah. you. know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> indeed. And you do it well, around. you do yeah. it well. I mean, you know, you're, you. you're, you're into it. And, uh, you know, and I, I admire that you got schooled, you know, and you're, you're, you're so into it. You know, one thing about Rich that's really interesting, he does motivational speaking. I don't know if you like calling it that, but Crash Course in Success is just a remarkable thing. I think that the way you help other people, not only drummers, but musicians and people in general, get their head out of their asses, man. I mean, you do that, man. You like you know, make them step up by just listening to you speak about how you live your life. I think that's remarkable, man. Oh man. Thank you. I just, 
I just had a really we had a fun time last night. It was uh, I heard clinic at the new. Yeah, it was in uh, in uh, or in the OC. You yeah. know, I was like, oh my god, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the turnout's gonna yeah. be. It was fantastic, yeah. man. We we had a packed place on right. a Wednesday night. It was such a great fellowship, you know, two hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah. And door prizes and everybody just wow. connecting and mugging and promoting. Bermuda like, Schwartz know, was there last it's night. Going away. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was it, it, a lot of that that stuff that like is community building stuff is going away because of the internet. So I'm doing my darndest to, to keep it do going. At least twelve drama clinics a year. Wow, you know? man, that's incredible. Hey, that's so cool, Rich. I want I want to go back to the story of you seeing the Hooters and Loverboy in El Paso. <laughs> Did you? What struck right. you, what struck you about Dave? Uh, you were already obviously you've been playing you've been playing drums since you were like eight years old, right? Is that about when you started? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. so yeah. I don't know I don't know how old you were when you saw Dave with, with the Hooters in El Paso, but what struck you about him right off the bat and uh, that made him you know made him one of your heroes right away like that? He was a show off. <laughs> yeah, total show. I mean, first of all, you have a canary yellow drum set. Yeah. Like, that is bold, man. I mean, I got a pretty big personality, but I don't think I could pull off yellow. Man. Um, so I would have been fifteen. I think Dave, yeah. you would have been thirty. Yes. you would have been like well into your rock yeah. star. Yep. Yep. And um, yep. no, it was just there was a lot of energy, and of yep. course, you know, I'm a song guy. I'm yep. about the collective experience mm. and, and the way you were playing that yeah. music and bringing it to life, and you right. know, just walking through the halls of my high school every day, singing, you know, day by day, and we yeah. danced. And, <laughs> cool. and just, it was yeah. just great to see a lot. I could see you playing it, it too. I could see you playing that. I remember seeing you go, this guy could do the Hooters gig. You could do that. You know, I mean, I, I'm so, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky that I get to still next year, believe it or not, it's our 40th anniversary tour. So uh, 40 years I've been doing it with these guys. And um, so we'll do some dates this year. Not a real lot. We'll go to Europe and then we're doing some dates in the fall. I'm actually going down south this year in, in I think, September. But then next year is our 40th. And, um, you know, it, it's fun, you know, like you said, playing the songs because I know you're a song guy, too, with Jason and the sessions I see you're about playing you're serving the song which a lot of drummers you know i i i saw um, i work at a, a school of rock with a buddy of mine that are doing a philadelphia show and i and some drummers sometimes come up and you know i gotta educate them I said dude this is not about you this is about the song and the show and and sometimes it's like they just you know crap all over the song and you never do that uh, you're about like making yeah, how do i make this song better if i gotta lay out i lay out i love that about you well, thank you, man. You know, I think that you and I will both agree that it's about it's about the collective good and 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 staying in your lane and knowing your role and right. in that role shining shining beautifully. Exactly. Once saw, a word that comes to mind is discipline, and, yeah. and people just have to have the discipline to do to execute their job. Right. Um, right. But you know what's interesting is that me coming up on see, I've been playing with my band now for 20 years yeah. so we're like congratulations at, at my clinic yeah thank you man yeah. at, my, at my clinic last night um bermuda schwartz came out i saw that's what i mentioned him right yes good guy isn't that crazy yeah great guy so what are the dynamics of someone that's been playing with a band for 40 years so you guys are doing you're doing shows but you're not doing shows like you did like the first two years of touring so yeah. you might have months to go by before you talk to your guys yeah, I, and you just pick up where you left off. Yes. Or do you guys call each other every day still or um, what is that? Dynamic I, I, like? The dynamic is it's interesting because, and that's a great question because it, you got to make an effort, you know, because we all, fortunately had you know we all live in our homes and 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 everybody's still involved like eric actually lives eric bazillion who is an incredible producer writer lives in sweden and he and he matter of fact i think he's in croatia right now working with the band and rob uh, an amazing amazing writer um you know that both of them are incredible writers uh so i you know i make a point of just popping them an email like every few weeks hey how's you doing i i i have my own band uh, which i'm mixing a live record right now so i've been sending the mixes of what we've been doing and uh you know so i stay in touch that way and we're you know um you're like a family and and you and you got to work at it you know staying in touch and um but w the, the the coolest thing like you with a 20-year band and a 40-year band is that you really know what the cat's going to play and how they're going to play and um f for us we just we we're always changing it up a little bit to keep it interesting because you don't want it to get boring but you used the word discipline. Mm -hmm. There's a discipline that comes with even touring. Um, 
you know, what you have to do to take care of yourself. It's different than the old days, man. You know, health. Um, and sure. you don't want to be out on the road with a bunch of jerk offs. You want to be out on the ba- road with people that you like, you know, and you don't always like the sure. guy, you know, and so you got to work at relationship stuff. It's hard, <laughs> but I love oh, yeah. it. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. You know, when I think about, you know, I tell all the kids when I do little, you know, music, uh, business talks, it's like, Hey man, you know, I, we all miss, you know, you know, births and funerals and graduations. And yeah. Oh, we yeah. All of that stuff for like 20 years. We've seen yeah. each other more than we've seen our, our blood relatives. Right. So, but now it's like, you know, we only do 50 shows a year as opposed right. to 200. So right. time goes by and everybody's kind of like growing and evolving and has, yeah. has some other interests. Yeah. And, but then when we get back together, it's just like, oh my God, this is like yeah. an old pair of shoes. You know, we're so lucky to have. Them. And you, you especially with, unfortunately, what you went through in Las Vegas, which was a horrible situation, yeah. must have really brought in that, that, because everybody deals with those kinds of things. If, if for our for, listeners, yeah, for they, people you know, who don't know, Rich was in Jason Aldean's band and they, obviously they were playing the night of the, the horrible Vegas shooting in 2017. And, uh, yeah, I mean, how did, uh, yeah. As a group of guys and musicians, you know, how did you guys kind of collectively deal with that? And and uh, I because I they looked great. I mean, what how you guys bonded and the way you uh, messaged your fan base and the people that were you know that tuned into what happened there. You guys seemed to. I remember you were on Saturday Night Live, and uh, the, I think it was a week after. But you just seemed to circle your wagons, and you didn't you know, ignore the tragedy you talked about it, but it must have affected you guys deeply. Sure. Yeah. It's just, it was a hor it was a horrible time, but you know, we just, you know, there, there was a lot of loss and horrendous yeah. and a horrendous event in American history, but you know, it just, it just made us kind of realize, Oh my God, we, for whatever reason we're spared. And so now whatever my next 20 or 30 years are going to be, mm. I just tell everybody, you know what, I'm going to, try to change lives and I'm going to try to do some really, really cool stuff with my time. And, and, um, uh, you know, we probably, I took maybe like 48 hours off just kind of like, you know, drooling in my cereal, trying to figure out what's up. And then the call came for us to go and do Saturday night live. And that was the best thing for us. It was a wonderful healing experience. And the very next week we were right back to Tom tour, finishing the tour. Um, you know, and I went, I went, I went to go talk to somebody immediately. I went to two counseling. Good for you, man. Like with, would uh thank you man like rear its ugly head maybe 20 years down the line and, and basically it was pointed out look at you have faith you have family you have friends you have purpose and you have passion you have five things that are usually going to help people through any situation and some people have one of those things some people have three of those things right. and he's like you have five things and it's going to serve you well so i really i just got back to work for the greater good yeah. And that that performance on SNL actually helped the country heal yeah. as well. And if I remember correctly, you guys did I Won't Back Absolutely. Down. Yeah. I Won't Back Down because that was also the week that Tom Petty died, right? Yeah. You, that was Jason did I Won't Back Down, right? Yeah, yeah. they did do that. Yeah, which yeah, was which was the things, which was that Yeah, which yeah. was the perfect song and the country needed mm. it and and uh yeah. yeah. And you so, guys did a nice job with that. It was really good, you know. Did you meet Sean by the way? Sean Pelton's the drummer over there. Did you go chat with Sean at all? Hello. I love Sean. Yeah. yeah. And he got, came into the dressing room yeah. and fucked it out. And, uh, yeah. You know, I, of course, I got to perform the song Three Feet from his kick. Yeah. Was, you know, song. He's yeah. a great, great, great drummer, that guy. He plays beautifully. So much been a fun hang. Yeah, yeah. What a feel. Right. Yeah. So, Rich, we mentioned Jason Aldean, and, and there's no way we could sit here. It would take the rest of the show to mention all the big names you've played with. Um, I mean, I'm not even going to, because I don't want to leave anybody out. But I wonder... <laughs> Early in your career, as you started to play with some more and more of these people, I mean, did you kind of have like the uh, the the holy you know holy blank moment kind of, or, or at what point does that become just well, this is what I do, this I, I, I sh- I'm good enough, I should be with these people, or did you kind of did you get starstruck at all? You know, some of the people that you ended up playing with, I'm sure a lot of your heroes. Um, what, what's that like? Yeah. I mean, as you're getting into it and you're playing with more and more people, uh, how's that feel? Sure. Well, you know, for me, my career was just. So um, it was like a very, very painfully slow um, uh, roller coaster where you're just going up and up. You're always moving forward, but it's, just, it's very slow. And that's the kind of career you want. You don't necessarily want that overnight success and then the, the, the quick drop. Right. Um, so, so, you know, like I tell people all the time, hey, I wanted to play Madison Square Garden in the Hollywood Bowl when I was 21. But I didn't do those things until I was 41. Yeah. So that's a lot of time and 
a lot of hustling in between. And, and then you just kind of realize that, yeah, there's, there's always, you're, it's a, you're always steeped in gratitude. Like, Oh my God, I'm backing up Bob Seger. I'm backing up Brian Adams. Yeah. But then there's that, like you, you're in the moment. So there's really isn't time to be starstruck because you got a job to do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know? but, yeah. But, um, yeah, you look back at it and you go, wow, because of my commitment, mm. um, to, to this craft and to my band and putting time and, and sweat equity into the equation, um, and through relationships, I was able to bring those experiences into my life. It was, uh, you know, it's pretty incredible. It really is. How about, and I, I mean, I'm probably not the person to ask cause I'm not a drummer unlike Dave, but I'm wondering about, you know, cross you've, you've crossed genres. I mean, obviously you've, you've, Country is, you know, you've country drummer of the year the last four years. Uh, you know, that's where you're kind of known right now. But you've also played with a bunch of rock guys. You've done R and B, pop. Um, is there a different mindset, kind of, as you go from genre to genre, or, or is drumming drumming? And maybe that's a stupid question. I, I don't <laughs> no, know. it's not a stupid question. That's yeah. pretty good for him. Well, that's a great question. That really is. I mean, people say all the time, "Oh man, I knew, I knew you could rock." And I was like, "Well, yeah. What do you think I'm doing out here?" I mean, it's like it used to, it used to just be a. Um, you know, we used to put labels on music so we could put them in the appropriate bin at Sound right. Warehouse, you know right, what I mean? Right. And now it's just like, I just tell people I'm an overeducated rock drummer, basically, you know, my <laughs> first record was Elton John's Greatest Hits on on 8-track, and then it became me studying, you know, the Stones and Zeppelin and, yeah, the yeah. and, and, and all the, and then I went back, I knew I would always play rock and roll, but then I wanted to study, like, Gene Krupa and yeah, Buddy Rich and I right. played in a lot of big bands yeah. and so I just love music and I put all those things into this kind of like homemade concoction that becomes my recipe and then as you go from situation to situation you've got to read the room you've got to know what the artist expects from you and you might have to alter your touch or your approach right. or the sound right. of your drums right. but ultimately we're just bringing the song yeah. to life. So in Nashville I, I, gotta, I haven't seen my, my friend Greg Morrow in a long time, but you probably run into some of the, I, I remember I did a record in Memphis back in 19, 1990 with Joe Hardy. It was the Hoot, a Hooters record. And I had to have a drum cartridge guy bring me a kit and it was Greg Morrow. I don't know if you know Greg by chance. Yeah. And uh, he big was, yeah, yeah, big guy, great, great drummer. And, um, you know, he, he, I remember at the time he was, I, I asked him, so, you know, what are you doing? He goes, I go back bet between that Ma uh, Memphis and, and Nashville. But I remember I used this incredible kit that he had, uh, cause I think I, I just started playing DW at the time. And, um, and then he brought me some of John Craviato before John Craviato was uh, building his solid drums. He brought me a select drum, which was one of his first, I understood from John, like one of his first 25. And it was a real experience hanging out with those guys down to South, but it's cool. Like Eddie Bearer and, 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 and Greg Morrow and people like, you know, you've had an opportunity to meet some of those great Nashville session guys down there too, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I did an article for a rhythm magazine on the drummers of Nashville. So I got everybody together and yeah. photos and I, I, I interviewed everybody, which is great. And then I did all these, um, I did four years of the thing I called my drummers weekend in Nashville. And oh. I would have guys like, Greg Morrow and you know Eddie Bears come in yeah. and talk to the kids and play tracks and and, yeah. and and Greg's event was just so amazing because he let the kids come up and you know play his 1920s Black Beauties and you know Superphonics and all these gorgeous drums he had and he was telling all these amazing soulful stories yeah. about his teachers and his experiences in music and everybody yeah. crying and yeah yeah he knew Larry I believe he knew Larry London I think he was. You know, these are oh, yeah. drummers that, yeah, like, sure. you know, um, uh, oh, God, was it? I lost his, I forgot one of the guys' name. The guy that owned the shop. Well, he played, but, Larry London played on Oh, Sherry. By yes. Steve yeah. Perry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and then he played on a million other things. Yeah. And he just was his, he died. Yeah. Early. Big man. But I, I remember Dave Thoner, I, I think he's in Nashville now, an engineer. He's a friend of mine. He did. He is. He yeah. did. He did um, uh, the Hooters record. He was the engineer on One Way Home, which uh, the song Satellite and Johnny B, which um, is is a very big record for us in Europe. And that's all Thoner's work. And Thoner actually hit me. I think he just got done doing a session with Larry. And then, you know, he got to work. I worked with him. And he was telling me about, how, you know, Larry just laying in his bass drum, laying down his foot on the bass drum. It was like he just planted it. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Boom. You know, always yeah, do it. Big boy, man. It was yeah. the tightest pedal ever. Yeah. But, right. Oh, yeah, you know, Thoner's one of my favorites. 
He recorded um, Pink Houses for yes. Bone Camp, and he yep. recorded Missing You for yeah. John Wayne. Right. Like two of my favorite. Curly Smith. Part, you know? Curly Smith on the drums, baby. Yeah. You know, right? Crazy. Yeah. Hey, Great. Let, let's hear some, uh, while we continue the conversation, let's hear some, uh, some of Rich's work. Um, we'll start with uh, a song uh, from Jason Aldean, uh, Any Old Barstool, from a couple years back. Uh, we'd asked Rich to recommend some songs, and he had suggested this one. So uh, we'll, we'll throw on uh, Any Old Barstool from Jason Aldean and uh, continue the conversation. You heard I was pedaled to the metal on a downhill slide. Girl, you know those rumors get to flying in a town this size. I know I didn't feel a thing when you threw that ring and slammed the door. If you want to know the truth, you gotta go straight to the source. Ask any old bar stool in this town. Stretch out in a king size bed if I make it that far. But filling in all these blanks you left didn't all add a hard. No, I hate wondering where you've been or who you've been with. I guess you didn't hurt me half as bad as you think you did. Ask any old bar stool in this town. Nice. Rich, you, you can't see it, but Dave was kind of air drumming along uh, to, to the song. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we do, right? You know, so it's nice, Rich. That's 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 great. Um, you did that. Did you do that in Nashville? Did you do that track when you were in Nashville? Was that Nashville studio? Yeah, we record. We record all of our stuff at this uh, this studio that's been there since the seventies called Treasure Isle Studios, huh? and um, it's uh, it's great. Uh, all the um, there's a gentleman um, named Pete Coleman that engineers all of our records. And, you know, he did, you know, my Sharona get the knack and he did uh, all the Blondie records over at, over at Capitol. In wow. LA. So we have a great working relationship. We're on our ninth record. Wow. Together, Same so. guy. Yeah. Same guy. That's, that's... Same guy. It's funny. Same how, producer, yeah. same engineer, same wow. studio, same players. Like we, it's just like a it's, tradition. It, it, I don't yeah. want to say. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I didn't want to say formula because, you know, as an artist, you don't want that. But I think that when you get a team that. Um, you know, like I, it, it's funny that you you know when you mentioned the Hooters, like I'm still very friendly, and I work. Fortunately, still work at times with Bill Whitman, who engineered the uh, Nervous Night record. Who did his day? You know, I, I you know when people ask me about say all you zombies or uh, and we dance or day, but you know what did you do? You know how'd you record? I always like refer to Bill because at the time I think Bill would did he, he just came in. I still remember he did a session with a band called The Kind, and Russ Kunkel was playing drums on it, and Russ just started using those ebony blackheads, and he was talking to me about the tuning, and I was tuning my drums and I remember I was tweaking that that Ludwig superphonic real high because I wanted to get that real nice crack and oddly you know um, I think I used Myron Grumbacher as a, an example I said you know that sound on that that record that he had you know that's what I want to get and um, you know it's like but it's always the engineer that and I, I think that you know when an engineer comes and really scopes things out looks listens to the room and really 
you know, he knows what mics he want to use. That's so important. And really, you know, you, you trust in this guy, right? It's like the engineer is the guy, right? You know, it's a really sure. amazing. Yeah. So yeah, he knows, he knows the room, he knows me. And then it's just a great team because, you know, the producer, Michael Knox is incredibly encouraging to us and it yeah. just lets us do our thing. And he's a, a song man, you know, I mean, the average Jason Alvin record, they get pitched like, I don't know, thousands and thousands of songs, and you have to whittle it down to 15. Yeah. It's very challenging. So you cut a lot of these, then? You cut a lot of, like, other songs that don't make the record, right? Don't you end up tracking a bunch of stuff, or is it always well, you track You know the- what? We, we uh, so sorry. Um, we um, usually cut just right on the nose. Maybe we cut 17 and pick 15, but usually we just pick 15 and cut 15. Oh. You know, the, the records are done. The records are done fairly quickly. Yeah. The songs are just so well-written. Right. The team knows what to do. We just go in there and execute them. And Nashville is one of those last places in the world where we're all in the room on the floor at the same time. Like, <laughs> Dude, I, I, it's so great. You know, my session I did in L.A. for the commercial was that way. We all we all, we, we all went in the same room. With my project in the pocket, we all cut in the same room. It's like back in the old days, those old stack sessions, those sessions they were talking about. I think they're just incredibly important uh, for us. <laughs> As a musician, I always feel better afterwards that I'm hanging and playing and looking at somebody, right? Sure. It's so yeah. much better, man. Yeah, no, it's 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 much better way to it's a much better way to work, and yeah. that's a you know that's a fun one because you know the, the loop just kind of hangs on it, and it's just such a well written song, and then you make your you know you make your statement, and you come in with the Pat Boom Debbie Boom, and it's just groove, it's just coasting, yeah. it's like the PCH man, R- really fun song. Oh, that's cool. Man. But I want to point out that any old Barstool was a number one on the uh, U.S. country airplay chart, which is one of I don't know a dozen, fifteen, tw- I, I don't know the exact number, but the amount of number one uh, country songs that Jason Aldean has has put out. Uh, that you've been involved with, Rich. I guess not just with Jason, but overall, I think the number on your website was uh, 26 uh, number one songs you've played on. I mean, that, that's incredible. That's amazing. Thank you. That's oh great. man, thank you. It's like uh, I think it's like yeah, 22 with Aldine. I think I think Aldine has put out 30 songs, 22 of which have been number one. Wow. And then I and then I and then I played some percussion on some other ones, number ones, and I played drums and percussion and produced a couple of songs, uh, songs for a group called Thompson Square. They have they have two records that I, you know, co-produced and played on. And then there's a group called Parmalee that's kind of like a Southern rock pop band. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know, co-produced and played on uh, their stuff, too. So cool. it's just fun, man. We're in the game. We're loving yeah. life. <laughs> can, you, can you tell, I mean, you've played on so many great songs. Can you tell when a song is special uh, or, or does it kind of you just wait and see? I mean, you, do you think they're all special? I mean, do you know the difference between a number one and, and say, a song that's not going to go number one or... Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if anybody does. I mean, you yeah. just try to treat everything like, right. like special, and then all, and then all the powers that be right. get in a you know a think tank and they decide you know what the, what that song is going to be, and then it you know it takes a little bit of manpower right. and hustle and money yeah. to get things right. up up the charts. Right. You know? Yeah. And then there's a lot of ones that I've recorded that I thought should have been put out, but right. it's you know I was talking to Jason one time. He's like, maybe we'll put out a record of all our favorite B sides that we yeah. always wanted to release, but the label didn't want to release. Right. You know. <laughs> right. Uh, it's cool, man. Uh, it, uh, it, now, how many years you've been playing with Jason? How many years now? Twenty? Is it been twenty years with Jason? Right. Twenty years, nineteen ninety nine. Wow. Three. Wow, that's so yeah, cool. Yeah, it's, really, it's been really, really, really wonderful. And you know what? Another person that we have in common is our friend John Eddie. I play with John. Yeah, Eddie. I've known John. Eddie we all know John. Yeah, huge. We, I, Andy I'm as so well. glad, uh, Rich. When we asked you to pick some songs, that you picked a John Eddie song because I'm a huge John Eddie fan. We've yeah. had we've had Kenny Aronson on the podcast. Yeah. John's yeah. bass player, and of course, within the pocket, yeah, we, we have to get John on at some point. Yeah, but uh, let's hear. Let's let's put on uh, "I'm Still Drunk" from John Eddie's 2012 album, uh, "Same Old Brand New Me." Um, and and uh, then we'll talk about it a little bit afterwards. But this is Rich Redmond on drums. I didn't realize this was you on drums on uh, on, on this song until you told me. But uh, let's hear "I'm Still Drunk" from John Eddie. Then I went and had another few 
of john's that's great that's really that good was a drunk ending yeah, yeah. i like that ending yeah. uh, do, do you know um yeah. I, I met back in 86 um rodney crow who i haven't seen in in a long time but yeah. became a good friend um he, he toured with the hooters he he we did i think almost i think almost six weeks on the road with us maybe even longer but he had awesome. a crack band i mean michael rhodes before Michael, Michael was starting to do a bunch of stuff in Nashville, but we're talking 86, but it was Michael Rhodes was playing bass. He was an amazing bass player. I'm sure you know him. And um, Stuart yeah. Smith was playing guitar. And um, I forget, yeah. and I forget the drummer's name, but he, another guy that was a great writer, a great player, but Rodney Crow was just, you know, he's one of my all time country favorite guys too, man. Do you, sure. do you, you cross paths with him at, uh, in, in, down in Nashville at all or, you know, Total troubadour, man. I, I played with Michael Rhodes. I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's a nice connection. But you know who plays with been playing with Rodney is my buddy uh, Keo Stroud. He, he'd be a fun guy to have on the show. He's the drummer with Big and Rich, and he oh. played on the theme song to Mike and Molly with Keb Moe. And right. He's just a fun, funny guy. But he, he usually does the Rodney Crowell gig, man, which is just like, you know, coveted, man. It's just he's just such an amazing troubadour, you yeah. know? Yeah, man, he's one of the one of the greats. You know, his story was great, and we 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 both got sober around that time, so we were both really. Yeah. You know, I think we even caught meetings together and stuff like that. But we were really serious about like this time we're doing it, and you know, um, he was he was great support to me and showed me how to live life like that. But what a great guy! And 
And I saw Michael play. Michael's been playing with Michael Rowe, with uh, Joe Bonamassa, and Anton plays drums. Who's an old yes. friend? So I saw him. What a what a player that guy is. I just want to get back to John Eddie for a minute. Uh, getting back to John Eddie, you uh, I guess well he's he was originally from Virginia, then he moved to South Jersey, and, and now he's out in Nashville part time, still in Jersey. Is that where you met John when he was out in Nashville, uh, work you know being a songwriter? Um, yeah, yeah, he moved out. I think he, I think he had called me to to do some like to sessions to bring his publishing, you know, demos to life. And then we became friends, and then we started writing songs, and then we recorded that same old brand new me record together, which is, which is, um, you know, it's a not, it's a we did not overthink things. It's like one or two takes on his songs, all the guys on the floor at the same time. Yeah. And um, and now, yeah, we're just now we're just pals, man. We write songs and. You, you know, ever uh, you ever sit uh, in with him you know, live? Yeah. You ever play with John live or not? Yeah, I I played with uh, I played a New Year's Eve with him with Kenny Aronson on bass. I think it may have been five years ago. It was at Ardmore Musical. Okay, Ardmore Musical. Yeah, Ardmore okay. Musical. We were going to try to hook up. I remember yeah. we we were exchanging text emails. I we were I think I had some plans on New Year's that night, but I remember you were coming into town, which I was really disappointed that yeah. we couldn't get together, but. Um, yeah, man, that's cool that you do that. Yeah, John's shows are always a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, he's great. He has a good time PK up there. And PK, Kenny. Yeah, <laughs> so. great, great band. Great band. Hey, so, Rich, uh, one of the millions of things that you do and, and have worked on, uh, I, I was uh, noticed that you, you have a, a book uh, for kids, Fundamentals of Drumming for Kids Ages 5 to 10, and, and the fun in Fundamentals is in all caps. Um, do you, do you do a lot of, te- I mean, do you work a lot with, with, uh, with, with little kids and, uh, and kind of talk about kind sure. of, uh, bringing drumming to the next generation? How, uh, is, is that pretty important to you? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a pay it forward thing. Uh, and my co-author, Michael Albrecht, he reached out to me. He was already a published author as the expert on the civil war. So he already kind of knew that that road of getting a book, you know, follow through and getting it published. And so we wrote the book together, 12 edits, you know, he originally approached me because his son wanted to learn how to play the drums and, and he yeah. didn't think there was any really super good books on the, on the market about that. So I said, well, let's write it. And so modern drummer publications came to the table and they published it in Howland. Uh Oh, uh Oh, do we just lose rich? Do we lose him? Rich? We almost lost you. We almost lost you. How uh, Leonard? We were right at the publishers. There we go. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. The easiest way to get it is probably just on the old Amazon.com. Yeah. But, but but yeah, I love teaching, man. You know, I you know I I I, I do I do clinics and master classes and motivational speeches for every from kindergartners all the way up to like CEOs of Fortune 100 companies. And so the idea of just sharing that concept, my concept of crash, you know, it's if you guys go to crashcoursesuccess.com, it just basically lays it all out. But it's basically an acronym, um, stands for commitment, relationships, attitude, skill, and hunger. And this is, you know, five concepts that anyone from any walk of life can use to be better at what they do. You know? That's great. It's so great. Do you have a teacher? Is there someone that you like? I had a number of teachers that I really love, and um, you know, the, for some reason, you know, I go. I, I, the, the, the granddaddy of my teachers was a guy named uh, Joe Casadas, who had a drum shop in New York, and he wrote a book uh, called Cross Sticking. Yeah. And um, my wife, you know, I took lessons with him back. God, it was in the '86 for a couple of years, and and. Um, he became almost like a father to me and a mentor in that way. But he, I, I, I had a, I, a, did my wife surprised me with a birthday gift that we all got together, me and Joe and his wife, Kath, Catherine in New York and had lunch. Did you have, do you have a guy like that? Was there a drum teacher that you had that you could credit with? Yeah, my, my first drum teachers were um, a guy named Jack Berge in Connecticut. And then when I moved to Texas, I had Jim Hardgrove, Byron Mutnick, Ricky Malachi, Larry White, and then when I went to Texas Tech University, the, the instructor there was a guy named Alan Shin. It was very, very encouraging to me, and it just just got me a lot of experience. Yeah. When I was in college, I just played all day, every day. Mm. And then when I ended up going to the University of North Texas, of course, I studied with Ron Fink, Robert Chitroma, and uh, Henry Oxtel, and Ed Soap, like just all yeah. amazing world-class yeah. teachers. Right. Um, and, and, you know, Alan, you know, I spent a, a good, uh, you know, six years of my life around him. And then 
three years around Ed Soap. And, you know, I finally got to do some um, clinics at the Percussive Arts Society, you know, in front of all my peers and to have, you know, Alan and Ed, you know, yeah. come up to me afterwards and give me a big hug and be yeah, like, yeah. you did it and you have your own message and you're sharing this with the world. It's like, yeah, so, Huge. so cool to be it's on the so other cool. side of it now, you know? Yeah. You're well, you know, like at Nam, all the drummers love you, man. It was really cool to see, you know. I see your buddies with Liberty and 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 Kenny and everybody. Just you know, you got because you bring a great vibe and and that whole band concept you ha you have with other drummers too. You have this giving personality. It's I love very drummers. cool. Yeah. Who was the well, first drummer? Drummers have that fraternity, man. Yeah, they, we do. When you were a kid, Rich, who was the first drummer that, that you fell in love with? And you can't say Dave, because I know you didn't see him until you were a little older. But but who was who was the first drummer that yeah, you know. that that just like... Yeah, right around the time that I discovered Dave, you know, I was like in that whole era would be like, you know, Mellencamp was all over the radio, but yeah. then I was also, you know, I had Carmine Appleseed book yeah. Realistic Rock, and right. I had my, his poster on the wall. Yeah. And, and um, you know, and then I then I was also I fell in love with Gene Krupa. Yeah. And then of course um, Stuart Copeland from the Police and Alex Van Halen around 1984 when they put out that 1984 record. Sure. And, and I, you know, and then Greg Bissonette when he played with the David Lee Roth yeah. band. It was all like. All this stuff was coming at me from yeah. the MTV era. Yeah. You know, it was really incredible. So you never, you know? so it was like a mall, you got to put, they're all like, they're, you can't pick one. It was like one that, that they were all your favorites. And I get that. I get I that. I think I was, I think I was really in love with Stuart Cole. Yeah. Oh, man. He was like, you know, yeah. a lot of people were like, were you a Stuart guy or a Neil Peart guy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they go, they go either way. <laughs> it's funny. Know? Yeah. It's like, I yeah. mean, you you can't take anything away from Neil Peart. I mean, he's no. a household name. Oh, yeah. He's right up there with like Bill Collins. Yeah, but yeah, sure. There's just something very um, unique and well, right. I was uh, going to say there weren't there weren't bands the, there weren't bands doing what the police were doing <laughs> well, at that level. He's at that tribal. Level, the, yeah. the thing about about about, about um, Stewart when he plays, it's 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 really the root beat, the tribal, and then he is it, it. He brought ear candy to the picture. You know, it, it, all of a sudden, what he does with like little symbols and uh, splash symbols and little sounds. You know, yeah. he's not only laying down the bottom, but he's laying down the top at the same time, right? You know, his cross sticking I mean, yeah, is off the are, hook. And we all, you know, steal from each other. And that's yeah. how I got my cross stick. Yeah. Uh, my cross stick chops together is playing to like, you know, that Rogata the Blanc record. Yes. And then all you zombies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's right. got to be, I mean, every, every cross stick has to be super even and have, have yep. the same sound. You know it. And that's a, it's, I used to practice that a lot. Yeah. You could tell when I see you play, man. I could tell you, you work at it. You know, that cross sticking thing is an art. In itself, you know, and 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 you were right about that. It all has to. You have to find that sweet spot, and then all of a sudden, it becomes a natural thing where you're feeling it, you know. So, I mean, it is a it, it, when you could see a guy that does that. And I remember watching you going, you stood out. You know, what's going to make you a little different than the next cat? You know, and you did that for me. I'm going, wow, this drummer's fun to watch. So I've really followed you from the first time I watched your video. So I'm just so happy that well, your you. career has kind of gone. And then you end up being such a cool guy. I don't know if you've had any experiences like this. I I had, I did a tour and I, with a band and um, I was a huge fan of theirs and the Hooters were doing really great. And um, they, they, they were a big, a big, I was a big fan, but we were doing great and their record company was kind of hosing them. I found out later. And they end up really, they were, had this animosity towards us when we, we were We could say who it was. Well, right? it, was we squeeze. Could, it was Squeeze. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I, and I, and I love them so much, but every time I hear them now, I go like, uh, I mean, I literally playing a show in Canada where they turned our monitors off on a show. And I was like, and you want to see, like, you know, Rob Hyman was going to kick some ass, man. He was like, what's going on? So I on think here? that Dave's asking here, uh, Rich, was there anybody that you looked up to that you met and it didn't go so well or, uh, or have any of your heroes let you down? Yeah, that's sad. I think probably, probably, I'm probably keeping names out of yeah. it. But there are, some, there has been some dis disappointing yeah. scenarios where you had someone's poster on your wall and yeah. they, they wouldn't wow. give you the time of day when you actually met them in person. I always told myself I would never be that guy. Exactly. Well, you let's know? go. Since you can't give names that way, go, let's go the other direction. How about someone that you had a poster on the wall or somebody you were a big fan of, and then you met and they exceeded your expectations? They were even cooler than you than you yeah. hoped for. Was there somebody like that that just blew you away with how great a person they were? Or Dave. 
<laughs> uh, that's sweet but i know for oh, yeah. sure uh, let, let, let me tell you rich i know that you, you know it's so cool to uh, you know the one thing about social media i love how you and liberty have been libs libs been on the show and libs such a dear friend libs giving me marital advice <laughs> when, when i met him going to japan and he's such a great guy well, obviously the advice was good because you you hit the jackpot with dallin yes so so liberty's yes, advice yes. Was but good. this was going back we were back in my last oh. but, but look i had a you know, he was just very helpful in my personal life and, uh, and and an amazing drummer. And I know you guys have become good buds, so that's cool. Yeah, how could you how could you not have him on the list of influences? Yeah, I know. You know what? Liv was the guest. He was the guest teacher at my first drum camp in Nashville, and the kids absolutely loved him. Yeah. I hired him to come in and do a 90-minute clinic, and yeah. he was supposed to be in and out the same day. He had so much fun. He stayed. He changed his flight, and he stayed for three days. Yeah, that's Liv. And just hung out with the kids. What a guy. What a guy. You know. A, totally, so, you know it's so cool and, that uh, you're friends, man. I love that, man. I love that about you, man. Hey, we got about 10 minutes left with so Rich. Uh, I'm sorry, Rich. Go ahead. I was just going to say, he, for whatever reason, in his older years now, he reminds me of my grandfather. Pop <laughs> you know, he used to call him Pat. Yeah. But he looks, he looks like my grandfather. Yeah. The craziest thing. So yeah. people see us in photos and they're like, you know, he's not that much older than me, but, yeah. he, but he just reminds me of my grandfather. Yeah. Well, he's a he's a, well, father, must, he's must a father. You must have had a very fatherly. cool grandfather then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, that's great. I was just about to say, we got about 10 minutes left with Rich. Uh, I want to hear, I want to play a, a commercial from our, our sponsors, Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates, uh, working with autistic children. We got a success story uh, that they'll, they'll tell us, and then we'll be back with Rich to, to wrap up. So uh, let's hear from uh, Behavioral Hi, my Pediatrics. Name is Steve, and I have autism. When I was diagnosed with autism, I realized it was hard for me to do what people call normal. For example, I would get easily upset and overreact to small problems. When it was time for me to go to college, I had an especially hard time. That's when I went to Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates. Gay made the right choice. They helped me prepare for college with my interests in mind. They taught me coping strategies, organization skills, and self-advocacy. Not only that, they boosted my confidence using evidence-based treatment programs such as Think Confident, Be Confident. This helped me prepare for employment opportunities as a peer mentor here at Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates. We are dedicated to improving the lives of teens and young adults with autism. Thanks to them, I'm better prepared for college and can continue my life's journey. Now I can pursue a career in animation and continue my job as a peer mentor. Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates in Lansdale, PA. Call us at 267-663. Seven one four one. All right. Thanks to uh, to uh, Gabe telling his success story. We're back on with Rich. Hey, Rich. You want to? We got a few minutes left. We want to hear one of the uh, two songs that you recommended we play. Um, we got time for one of them. Uh, you, you'd uh, suggested "Ugly" by uh, Masha. Is it? Um, yeah, Masha. Masha. And then uh, your own band, uh, The Fell, with Billy Sheehan on bass. Uh, oh yeah. Let's- Let's do that yeah, one. Yeah, let's do the fellow, man. Wow, Billy Yeah, the fellow is really fun. It's, uh, you know, Mike Crumpus. Yeah. Oh, well, you, can, you can keep talking as we hear the yeah, song yeah. in the background, and then we'll, we'll um, just tell us about the band real quick while the song plays. Oh, yeah, so that's my buddy Mike Crumpus uh, and uh, Billy Sheen on bass. We have an amazing singer, uh, Steve Vickers, on on vocals, and we're, we're scrounging to get the money together to do a video, and, and, I, and we might put this out on... Um, have a little record label, and we're going to put this out on a Sony imprint nice. uh, in uh, in June. Cool. cool. Well, let's hear a little. If the song is called Glass Floor, and the band is called The Fell. Dancing on, dancing on 
nice. Yeah, that's that's we're talking about you know hit songs before yeah. that. That sounds yeah. like it's got you know yeah. radio potential, hit Definitely. potential for sure. Hey, so uh, so is Billy yeah. Billy your neighbor out there? Or is Billy still Billy still living out in L.A. Right? She in? No, he he sold, he sold his place and bought a, a, a palatial estate in Nashville. <laughs> He's in Nashville these days. Um, yeah, the whole band moved to Nashville. Wow, we're all there now. Wow, that's cool. And, and, I knew and that this, guitar player. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I say, the start that guitar player. We all um, his name is Mike Krampus, and we have a little production company called Twelve Twenty Five Entertainment, and we mm. opened up a little label called Twelve Twenty Five Records, and. We're just having a blast with it, man. Just so much fun. Oh, that's great. That's that's great. Yeah, I, I his, you know, I knew Pat, Pat Torpy that played with Mr. Big and he was, you know, oh, sad but yeah. for years. And then what a what an amazing drummer he was. And it's always one of those things like, Oh my god, you know, life is so unfair sometimes to people and that's yeah, uh, that was a tragic loss, you know. Yeah, yeah. I love those two as a rhythm section too. They're always fun to watch watch play. Man, I'll tell you, it was wonderful having you join us, my friend. It was so cool. Rich, we does it? About yeah, this. yeah. Does it? Uh, does it blow you away a little bit? I mean, we talked about you know twenty six number one singles, country drummer of the year. I mean, you know, four times in a row, to, according to Modern Drummer. Does that? Does that ever get old? I mean, does it? Is it humbling? I mean, that that's uh, it's a pretty cool. Honor. Probably never gets old. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, no, no. Definitely never gets old. It's it's nice to have the you know I mean it's not it's not why we do it but it's always wonderful to have the, yeah. the respect of your peers and, yeah. you know to be recognized for the fruits of your labor. I mean I, yeah oh man I will I will take it you know and I'm I'm gonna I'll probably die on the drums. Man. So you're I working really, man. I really enjoy it. You're a worker. I yeah, li- I like man. that about you. You 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 need you're an active guy and uh, you know you you put yourself out there and that's a that's an important thing to do. You know I tell my students that you know you need to it it just won't happen and it's not like meatball management. You throw a meatball, hope it will stick. You put yourself in a possession to be successful. Am I correct about that, Rich? You Absolutely. do right. Put yourself in that spot. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely not going to land in your lap. You go to everything I've done in my life has been the result of. Methodical yeah. sweat, yeah. and I bet huh. you've had some disappointments too. That's life, man. It just sometimes, you know, like sometimes drummers. Hey, 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 it's not because they're not great; it's because it's not the right guy. You know, I'm, we've all run into that yeah. stuff. Some of the greatest drummers I know that you know didn't get gigs. I'm like, how'd that happen? You know, you know, well, you know what I mean. Well, Rich, Rich hasn't had any problem getting gigs. Look, go on his website, richredmond.com. That's R I C H R E D M O N D dot com. Check out some of the songs he's played with, some of the people he's played with. You can, uh, I'm sure, there's links to you know to his. Uh, you can find his motivational speeches on YouTube. Love that. Uh, yeah, it, Rich, this is a pleasure. So great. I'm so glad Dave, uh, you know, suggested having you on the show because this is great. It's really great to meet you uh, over the phone and uh, continued good luck. Thanks so much for being on the show, brother. We'll catch hey, you thank later. You guys okay. So much for having me. I'm sorry. Yeah, man. Thank you guys. Please keep in touch. Will do, Rich, man. My continued success and keep on hitting those skins. All right, brother? Yeah, great luck with the podcast, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Rich. Bye-bye. That was, what a good guy. Yeah, great guy. Yeah. And, uh, and it is really, I mean, you know, it's... We talked obviously Jason Aldean, but I mean Garth Brooks yeah. and, and and Joe Perry, and, yeah. and he mentioned Bob Seeger and Brian Adams, right. uh, Chris Cornell, and then of course everybody in country: Miranda Lambert, Luke right. Bryan, Keith Urban, Vince Gill. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just uh, it was a long list, man. It's 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 crazy. Um, it and I, I love the story that he <laughs> that he was such a fan of yours mm-hmm. right off the bat from yeah. seeing you guys with you know yeah. back in uh, on the Nervous Night tour. That's yeah, he told cool. me that a long time ago. It wasn't like you know he, he you know for people listening, he's he's the real deal. He's I really liked him. I felt you know his realness when I was around him and. Um, he not only does that; he's he's an actor too. He's yeah, gonna do he's act. done we didn't acting. even talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's like acting and he's uh, hosting TV shows. He's a nonstop guy, you know. It's interesting that he eventually, you know, I got my hands in a few things myself, and 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 uh, it didn't dawn on me till much later in my life that oh, you can do more than not that just drumming is okay, but 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 he he got that light bulb a little earlier than I did, right? And he's gotten involved with the writing and producing and things like that because he, he had a voice and he's using it so i love it man andy this is a, a guess i nearly didn't make it here today yeah we were sweating it out a little bit dave got caught in uh, traffic on the schuylkill i guess there was an accident or something i don't know what happened but i heard an accident because you don't see it by the time i got up there so i was really running behind and then as i crossed the bridge a cop 
pulled up behind me. I thought he was pulling me over, but it wasn't me. <laughs> no, that, would, that would have delayed things even further. Oh, that would, that would have sucked, have sucked. On, on a number of levels. Yeah. yeah. Well, fortunately, Dave didn't get a ticket. He made it. We ran started a little late on our live stream here on Philly Rock, but uh, all's good in the end. Rich was a great guest, and uh, episode 27 in the books. Right on, man. We keep our Still rocking. going strong. So thanks, uh, thanks to Taylor, our producer, filling in for Marcus this week. Marcus is down in Disney World and, and enjoying the uh, with the family. And uh, thanks also to our sponsors, uh, CrokerPercussion.com and Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates. Right on. And we'll see you next week. Right on. On In the Pocket. Kroger Percussion, baby. <laughs>